Thomas Mulcair joins us for a Mulcair Monday, former leader of the NDP and leader of the opposition in Ottawa. Nice to have you. Happy Monday. Good to be with you, John. So Ottawa is going to be appealing the court decision that called the Emergencies Act unconstitutional. It'd be interesting to see what the Supreme Court has to say. Yeah, right. Now they're going to be heading to the Federal Court of Appeal, which does surprise me because I had the same thinking as you that they should have shot this thing straight to the Supreme Court with what we call a a reference case because they have the power to do that. So they're going to do an extra stop uh, on their commute and they're going to stop off at the Federal Court of Appeal. I my thinking as a lawyer is that Trudeau was a little bit worried that the lower court decision might be confirmed. And if he went straight to the Supreme Court, he had no more options. So somehow he was allowed to be convinced by his justice minister that it was a safer route to go to the federal court of appeal. But it's a long, slow route, and it doesn't guarantee anything for Trudeau. Yeah, and I don't see any judges arriving at a different conclusion. I mean, the threshold for revoking civil liberties is pretty high. And uh, while the judge who investigated it after the declaration said he thought they kind of made the threshold, Barely, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. I don't see, and you're a lawyer, um, I just don't see judges being all that sympathetic to things like freezing bank accounts. No, exactly. And that's ex- that's where the federal court judge came down. And he had a funny sentence in there, a, a unique one anyway. He said, you know what? If I was one of the people in that room making that decision, I would have probably said, let's invoke it. But he says, my job is to look at the statute, look at what the rules are, the criteria that are set down, and you, you fell short. Yeah. And, you know, without belaboring it, uh, you're old enough, I'm old enough to remember the invocation of the War Measures Act. And again, Uh, behind closed doors, they thought they had a case because they were told that Quebec was going to burn. And uh, we had 10,000 troops amassed in the Laurentians waiting to come down on Montreal. You don't remember? Yes, they they knew that for a fact. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I never, well, I was too young to really have any opinions then, but uh, post, I certainly have an opinion, which was it was overreach. But let's keep going. Uh, Yep. The supply and confidence deal between the Liberals and the NDP uh, has led to Pharmacare now, which the finance minister insists is not going to break the bank. I got two questions for you. First of all, your thoughts on the (laughs) Pharmacare deal. The other, Scott Reed was on with us a little earlier, and he was saying, okay, you know what? This deal has served its purpose. Time for the Liberals to say we're done. Yeah, I'll start with the second one. I tend to agree with Scott on this one. He's looking at it from the liberal point of view. I'm going to look at it from Singh's point of view, which is you've got to unplug from this thing at some point. But it's also an indication that both of them are very nervous at the state of play right now. The numbers of the Conservatives are insurmountable on paper. We don't know how that's going to you know work out in an election campaign. But right now, they're both sort of going, OK, we've got no no choice but to stay in this deal. Trudeau had the possibility, for example, for his next budget, if he had told Singh to take a walk, he could have had the support of the Bloc Québécois. But John, you can just imagine how much fun that would have been politically for Trudeau, saying, oh, I've got the support of the separatist Bloc Québécois. My government can stay in place. So he needed this deal. Let's drill down onto what it is. For for anybody in Canada, any family, you know, has someone in their suffering from diabetes and needing treatment, and it costs a lot, and it's not covered, this is really great news. Singh used a similar technique with regard to dental care. He had to zero in and get one concrete thing on the table, not let the civil servants play with it for years. And he got dental care for kids. And now they're working on seniors and other things. They're ramping it up here. A couple of clear things, diabetes and contraception, who knew? And it's going to be very complicated to get this done with the provinces because we're a little bit like the Americans, you know, the 
state to state, it varies a great deal of Medicare coverage. In Canada, what varies a great deal province to province is Pharmacare coverage. And so how Trudeau is planning to sit down and send in poor Mark Holland and negotiate with every province that has a completely different lay of the land and say, oh, by the way, we've decided you're covering, because it is provincial, you're covering diabetes and we're going to send you a check. How that's going to work out in the real world, it's not going to be easy. But I think that Singh wins the day. He gets the points. Trudeau gets to say, I'm improving access to medication in Canada and they get to move on. Meanwhile, Justin Trudeau showed up. Actually, he wasn't alone. He was with the defense minister, Bill Blair, and the finance minister and deputy yes. prime minister, Chris Freeland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He showed up in Kiev on the weekend, which was the yes. second anniversary of the Russian invasion. Is that a distraction or a welcome show of support? A welcome show of support and really smart politics, because this is one of the few areas where Poilievre has made a mistake. He's very disciplined. He's very good for when he went after that free trade deal with Ukraine. I just slapped my forehead with the palm of my hand saying, what were you thinking, man? He managed to convince himself that there was something horrible in there about a carbon tax, which is just the rules that every European country, and by the way, Ukraine wants to become part of the European Union. Every European country has. This type of thing is in every trade deal today. There was nothing you know, evil about it, but he managed to convince himself he had to vote against it. That'll hurt him. So Trudeau's there showing the flag in Ukraine, and he went over and met Poland's prime minister and president and was really questioned hard again on Canada's abject failure to meet our NATO obligations. And he says, yes, Canada has to do more. I guess tell those people who are in charge of Canada that they have to do more. Who are those people? Oh, that's him. Anyway, at least he's starting to admit publicly that we're laggards and we have to step up to the plate. And one last story, not Canadian politics, but American Donald Trump wrapping up South Carolina in the primary. Worth noting, that is the state that uh, his rival was the governor of for two sessions. But I'm finding the calculus in all of this interesting. First of all, Nikki Haley is staying in, and I think she's probably got some well-financed people behind her who need a backup plan for when Trump goes to jail. Uh, right. But the other aspect is, increasingly, Democrats seem very excited about running against Donald Trump. Yeah. And, and Nikki Haley, although she was in her home state and, you know, I, I couldn't believe the coverage over the weekend, John. It was like, oh, you know, she a thrashing by Donald Trump. Uh, this just in, Donald Trump got 59% of the vote and he's supposed to be winning this thing in a cakewalk and she got the other 40%. So can we at least acknowledge the fact that she did really well against a guy who's supposed to be the prohibitive front runner and nobody's supposed to have a chance against him? What's going to happen on Super Tuesday? Who knows? If she gets anything over 25%, maybe even 30 then she gets to stay in the race and she gets to keep pushing. She's hyper-articulate. She's very determined. She's not going to be cowed into backing down against Trump. And she just keeps picking away at some of his weaker spots and she's running a great campaign. You're completely right. The Koch brothers, amongst others, are supposed to be financing her to the tune of gazillions. So she's going to get to keep going. Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you this morning. Great to talk to you, John. All the best. That's Thomas Mulcair. And in the background, the sound of me spilling my water in studio, but that's okay. I think we're going to survive this. Uh, Thomas Mulcair, former leader of the opposition in Ottawa, joins us for Mulcair Mondays at 6.50.